I'm author and presenter Marley Silva, and in this mini-series, Game Changers, we'll hear stories from elite Australian athletes, women at the top of their game. In this episode, we're speaking with someone who's quite literally setting new heights in her sport. It's a really, really cool feeling when you hit the water. Everything just goes silent. And then you realise, wow, that was awesome. I want to go back up and do it again. This is Rihanna Nifland. And that rush she's talking about is all just another day in the office for a self-confessed adrenaline junkie. This is how she describes her job. Travelling around the world uh, to some really, really spectacular places, diving from cliffs, platforms at 20 to 22 metres. And for the men, it's uh, 27 to 28 and a half metres. So... Yeah, it's quite a spectacular sport and uh, visually it just looks amazing. Rhiannon is an Australian cliff diving sensation. She's won six world championship competitions, leapt from hot air balloons and helicopters. She's plunged into oceans, lakes and harbours all across the globe. And get this, while she's at it, her body's travelling at more than 75 kilometres an hour. If I even picture myself standing at the kind of heights Ree jumps from, it freaks me right out. So logically, when I finally get to wrangle some time to sit down with Rhiannon, the first thing I want to know is, I mean, who could do such a thing? Are all cliff divers massive adrenaline junkies? I would say there's not one diver on the series that's not an adrenaline junkie. Yeah, we're a particular kind of person for sure. Everybody's come from a diving athletic background and and I guess... Like us cliff divers, it's kind of the next stage in our career. So most of us have come from show diving or like gymnastics or regular Olympic style diving. And I guess it's those athletes that are on the series that we want to push ourselves to the next level and add a little bit more risk to what we were doing before, I guess. In 2016, Rhiannon won her first ever competition as a wildcard entry into the Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series. Back then, at 25, she was the youngest female to ever win at a cliff diving event. And she finished in the top three in all seven of her dives. Years on from that first dive, Rhiannon has travelled the world training and competing. And choosing her favourite spot, she says, is pretty hard to pin down. You know, this is the hardest question I get asked. Yeah. For sure. You know, people always say, what's your favourite location? And it's really, really difficult to choose. A couple of years back, I did a, a project in the Northern Territory up in Kakadu, Nipmuluk Gorge, and that one's going to be hard to top, you know, just being at home in our own country, in our own backyard. And it was really a surreal experience to be out there and, and diving in, a, in such a magical place. In the current tour that you're on, you're always diving into natural water, right? It's not your standard kind of pool that you see at, say, the Olympics. Uh, It really depends. So we have the Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series, which is generally a natural body of water. But actually, you know, they do them everywhere. I mean, we've dived like out of a restaurant balcony in Dubai into a marina. We dive into rivers. We dive into the ocean, the sea. Uh, Look, there's so many locations. It's very, very special. That's what I I absolutely love about this sport. And as an athlete, you're always challenged with different things. It could be weather, waves. Uh, You just never know what you're going to get at each brand new location. You've also dived out of helicopters and done like crazy things like that. Are there any really unique ones that you think people would be surprised by? 
Yeah, um, I've dived from helicopters. I think the hot air balloon project that I did earlier this year at home was, uh, that was a surprise and uh, that was a challenge. That was a really, really cool one. I also dived last year in an underground salt mine. Uh, I was 120 metres underground in a mine in Romania. This one was absolutely crazy. You know, everything was dark. It was cold. The water was 17% more dense than seawater. It was that salty. Uh, this was a crazy one, never been done. You know, it was, we didn't know what to expect. So that probably would be one of the craziest ones I've done. Definitely that after finishing that project, doing that dive, I thought, wow, I've never been so scared in my life. That's interesting to hear because I think that, as you mentioned earlier, you're a self-proclaimed adrenaline junkie, <laughs> but fear is a part of it that I think people might be surprised to hear you face still. Are you afraid every time you dive still? Uh, yes. That's a plain and simple answer for me. Yes. Look, every time I, I go up on the platform, it's it always feels different. There was a time maybe two or three weeks ago, I was talking with my training partner. We were both standing on the 20 meter platform. And this season, I've done a lot more dives than I have in the previous seasons, just because of where we've been training here in Austria. And I turned to her and I said, like, I feel like I should be more scared and more nervous than I am right now. And I was kind of standing there and, and feeling strange. There's a part of me that thinks that the fear is what keeps me safe. It makes me keep my wits about me so that injuries don't come as easy. You don't do silly things. So, yeah, I, I kind of explain it as like a, a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. You know, one side is saying, yeah, go do it, do it all, do it all. And then the other side's going like, no, calm down. You, you shouldn't be up there. So, yeah, it's a strange thing. It's not something that goes away, but it's something that gets um, – it gets easier to, to overcome it and it's one of the things like all of the emotions and the fear standing on the top of the platform once you go through the water everything goes silent and you know you always think like wow I just overcame all of those feelings I overcame that fear and that felt amazing so really it's one thing that that keeps drawing me back to it and you know when you overcome that you want to go up there and do it right again. And you know for context the dives that you do are immense. What is the tallest dive you've ever completed? Uh, 24 metres at the moment. Yeah, it, it was pretty high. I remember standing there going, oh my God, should I really be up here? But we're diving at 20 metres to 22 metres usually. But once you get above 17, 18 metres, every metre makes a difference. Like with the impact, the flight, we have to calculate the dive differently. So yeah, 24 metres is the highest, but I'm hoping to push to like 25, 26 in the, in the coming years. Wow. And, and how fast is your body traveling when you do a dive from that height? I believe we hit the water around 77 kilometers an hour and we slow down in a, in a matter of a second, um, you know, when you hit the water. So the impact is quite strong. But when I explain it, I usually tell people it's like equivalent to diving from a fifth story of a building. <laughs> it makes me feel nervous just hearing that. And the trick to cliff diving, according to Rhiannon is to not let those nerves get the better of you. The higher you get and the more nervous you get, the harder it is to do because, you know, when, when you're at that height, you're simply just trying to control what's going on in your mind to make sure that everything goes well. And, uh, yeah, you know, your shoulders are a bit more stiff, you're way more nervous, you have more adrenaline, and it's kind of like there's a lot more danger up there. So I'm just kind of making sure that 
I'm going to do the right amount of somersaults, the right amount of twists and make sure that I'm landing perfectly vertical. Yeah, I think that's why it's really important that I'm training the lower heights and the technique there so that when I get up there, it comes more naturally. What does that pre-dive thinking look like? You know, are you listening to music? Are you picturing something in particular? Yeah, uh, I have a few things that I do, especially when competing. Uh, It's a lot of visualization, just going through the dive in your head, getting your, your mind and body ready for what it's about to do. I'm always listening to music. If you know me as a person, you know that 70% of the day I'm, I'm humming a tune or I'm singing. So yeah, it's always music blasting in my ears, singing at the top of my lungs, really trying to let out a lot of emotions through that music and through singing. But when I step on the platform, I actually uh, I use a lot of breathing. And there's one thing that, that does pop to mind that I do all the time. I, I find myself closing my eyes my niece, she has this little swimsuit with a tutu and I actually imagine her running down the beach in that tutu mm-hmm. and just sending myself to a, to a happy place for, you know, a moment or so. And then, yeah, opening my eyes, taking a deep breath and getting ready to go for the dive. Yeah, there's, there's a few strange rituals, but they seem to work for me and uh, all things that put me in a, in a happy place and in, in a good mood. Well, you mentioned that once you get above around that 17 metre height, each metre on top of that is quite intense and there's a lot more to work on. If you are gunning for that 25, 26 metres in the future, what parts of what you do do you have to focus on and and work on to get there? Uh, I think um, physically I would kind of prepare for it. Just doing the repetitions, feeling as comfortable as possible on say 20 to 22 before I were to go up. But yeah, I, I think it'd more just be building up the courage to, to actually step up there and give it a shot. Giving it a shot is exactly what Rhiannon has been doing since she was a kid. At the age of nine, Rhi started competing in diving and trampoline gymnastics. And she probably didn't know it at the time, but it's all that hard work she did as a kid, which has set such a solid foundation for the amazing career she has today. I was always such an outgoing kid. I, I tried every sport. My mum had me dancing for six years. That definitely wasn't for me. So they needed <laughs> something a little bit more to put me into. It was really cool. My trampoline coach at the time was working at my high school as well. I can remember being every single lunchtime at school in at Belmont High School, bouncing around on the trampolines. I was in love with it. I, I loved it from a really young age. And I always found it really fun and I liked the social aspect of it as well. And you did grow up in a small coastal town called Nordswarf near Newcastle in New South Wales and grew up around surfing, no surprises there in that part of the world. And apparently you're pretty good at that too. Was the early exposure to the ocean at a young age, do you think that's helped with building that water confidence as you've grown into this career? Yes, I absolutely think it's definitely contributed. I mean, if you grew up in a place like Northwolf, I, I started uh, surf life saving nippers at maybe the age of four or five. It's just what we do there. And my grandfather actually used to call me his little water baby because when I was a kid, it was hard to drag me out of the swimming pool or out of the lake or out of the out of the water. But thinking about it now, I was just at this event in Ireland, and it was it was really really wavy. I was able to like read the conditions a lot better and and to share that also with my fellow Australian diver as well. So I think it's, yeah, definitely contributed to the success I'm having today. 
Yep. I even remember my formative years at Nippers at age five of learning how to read the surf. So it's it's cool to hear how that still is relevant for someone who does something, you know, as wild as what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So you started as a trampolinist, as you mentioned, and that's what got you into diving. And around the age of 17, you were essentially almost on track for the Olympic diving team. What what happened there? Yeah, I was pretty close. But uh, yeah, I was always kind of in fourth position. And the one year that I was really close to making my my first open national team, I had a little little crash on 10 meter. And I think like I did, I lost a little motivation from that. And I lost a lot of confidence from that event. It was an open nationals. And yeah, everything just got a bit too repetitive for me at that age. You know, I was training like 11 or 12 sessions a week, a lot of hours. And I kind of just fell out of love with the sport momentarily. So yeah, it, it kind of ended there. But I, I did have high hopes to to try and make the Olympic team, you know, to go for that. It's it's what all athletes dream of. It's the pinnacle career. But uh, unfortunately for me at that time, it just wasn't meant to be. But, uh, you know, I, I don't regret any of the training or any of the work that I put in. I don't regret any of those days. They were amazing and, and they've shaped me and they, they formed me into the athlete that I am today. How did you keep returning to compete again and again when you'd get so close and <laughs> and just be outside the top you know what was it that drove you to do that or picked you back up when you fell down I loved the sport it wasn't like the dream wasn't there anymore I was still 17 18 like I still had things to work towards so I guess that kept me going but you know I just I really loved the atmosphere but I mean I guess it's just you know you commit to something for so long and that's what keeps you going in a way you say okay I've put all this hard work in I'm not gonna let it fizzle out here this is not who I am and and I think that's what kept me going for sure after always coming pretty close in Olympic style diving but never quite making the top it was time for something else and like most things in life it was simply taking a punt on a random job that shaped what happened next so I was then performing diving shows Uh, on cruise ships traveling around the the Caribbean and the Mediterranean. Yup, it was a job as an aquatic acrobat on a cruise ship in her early 20s that changed the course of Rhiannon's life for good. And that's where I was first introduced to high diving, which is diving above 10 metres. I had some fellow divers that I was working with and they were on the Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series, which I had obviously been following as a diver. And yeah, I, I worked with them had some fun for around 18 months, like making the the transition and the skills and playing around with a lot of different dives uh, and building up the confidence to work my way up the ladder, literally. And uh, yeah, I submitted a video and off I went. Aquatic acrobat is certainly not a job description you hear very often. When you were growing up, did it seem possible to you to have diving or acrobatics or all that sort of stuff as a career? Uh, no, not until I actually had the job on the cruise ship did I think that I was going to go much further. You know, there's always coaching to stay involved in the sport, like judging to, to you know, still be there is uh, quite different to, to where I ended up today. Looking back now, I'm so glad I ended up where I did and everything for me kind of just I'm I'm really lucky because it, it all just fell into place and I started winning when I first got there. So 
I rolled with it and now I'm so stoked at where I am today. It's just super cool to think like all of those years of hard work since I was what, nine, 10 years old are now paying off. And not only, not only the work that I put in, like my family as well. Like my, my mom and dad spent every single day driving me to and from the pool. My dad relocated from Newcastle to Sydney. So I was able to have the opportunity to, to train properly in Sydney. A couple of years ago when they were at the event in Italy, they saw me first win an event there and they first saw it live and they had tears in their eyes after. Like it was just an incredible moment and it's something that I'll remember for a long time. And so you switched to cliff diving after that stint on the cruise ship. What part of your training or what part of uh, what you do with your body in that technique changes when you go from conventional diving to cliff diving? A lot, actually. I was lucky because I had the fundamentals and the basics from elite diving, an elite diving background, and I also had the fundamentals and the basics from an elite trampoline background. It's kind of a mix of the two skills, really. So 10-meter diving, you are landing headfirst, um, obviously, but once you get above 10 to 12 meters, you don't want to be landing headfirst. Like that impact is just too much. That's where trampoline sports comes into it. Where So you have the diving technique on the takeoff and then you have the trampoline technique on the entry because usually we'll be landing head first, coming out of a dive on 10 meter, but when we come out of a dive on a on 20, then it's adding that extra rotation and that final skill from, from trampoline sports, which we call the Barani or a front somersault with a half twist. That's the main difference that, that I can point out. I also think not only technically, I think uh, it's it's different mentally as well. Uh, on 10 meter, there's, you know, if something goes wrong, it's it's going to hurt. But on 20 meters or 27 meters, there's really a, a consequence if something goes wrong. So I think it's it's a lot different mentally as well. And you, you need to, to really train and, and work out how to, you know, I guess, connect body and mind when you're up there. Looking at Rhiannon in action now, you'd never guess her career in cliff diving got off to a rocky start. In fact, in 2016, after competing at the FINA World Cup in Abu Dhabi, she nearly threw in the towel. It was my first event. You know, I was young. I was still really new to the sport. I was fresh. And I didn't know how to control anything, all those thoughts. I didn't know how to connect it. I I was just there. Like, I, I had the skills. I had the dives. And I just wanted to go there and I wanted to show people what I could do. Uh, it, it didn't go so well. I got pulled out of the water by the scuba divers. I took a bit of a hit, definitely bruised my ego a lot. <laughs> yeah, my, my confidence was completely down. I, I was 100 points behind all of the other the girls, all the other divers. There was a moment after that where I said, like, I don't think this is for me. I'm, I don't think I'm going to do it. Maybe, you know, I gave it a try. I like it a lot. Um, I'm passionate about it. I want to be here, but I don't know if I if I can do it. It was a month before the first Red Bull cliff diving event in 2016 where I got the invitation to come as a wild card. And I thought to myself, oh, gosh, here we go again. You know, I was so nervous. I was so scared. And we were actually on the way to the airport. Um, I decided to go and to, to give it another crack. And, you know, I, I was like, my cheeks were all red. Like I was like super nervous, super emotional in the car when my dad was dropping me off. He turned to me and he said, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I just let it all out. I went, I don't know if I want to go. I don't know if I can do it. I don't want to embarrass myself again. 
And you know what my dad said to me? He turned to me and he said, like, well, you can't do any worse than last time. So go there, embrace the moment, show them what Aussies are made of, go there, enjoy enjoy the moment and, and just do it for you. Give it another go. And I went, okay, I'm going to do that. So I really took those words to heart and, and I took them with me um, to compete. And yeah, and it went really well. I started winning from there. So that was the first moment when I really went like, wow, this sport is so empowering. You know, I've just overcome that moment where I thought I didn't want to continue. And uh, yeah, and then I won and it it made me, it changed me as a person that moment, actually. Like I, I realized that I was a lot stronger than I thought I was. So yeah. Ah, there's nothing like a bit of wisdom from dad. And it was just after this experience that Rhiannon won her first big event. In 2016, Rhiannon entered her first Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series. She was a rookie a wildcard entrant, and against all odds, she won. In fact, Rihanna won five out of seven of those events in her first year. And she puts it all down to a shift in her mindset. You know, I had the skills. I knew that I'd put the, I'd put the work in and, and that I could do it. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think it was very important for me to lean on all of the people that had been I'd been surrounded by in my previous diving and trampolining career as well. So I spoke with my trampoline coach from when I was nine or 10 years old and he gave me some really good advice as well. So yeah, I think that was the main thing was was shifting my mindset and, and just trusting myself way more. So we get to 2019 after a few years of competing on the circuit and you had an undefeated season, which is pretty incredible. <laughs> what do you think made you so good in 2019? <laughs> 2018, I, I was fighting for the title. It was, you know, back and forth between the Mexican diver, Adriana Jimenez. Um, we were fighting for that title. And I think like towards the end of that 2018 season, I'd gotten into a rhythm and I'd just become so hungry to win and to keep winning. Yeah, that's kind of what drove me towards that. You know, I, I left the 2018 season and I went, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to train harder than ever. I'm going to enjoy it more than ever. And I'm going to continue to ride this wave of confidence that I'm on. So, yeah, just like as I went through the 2019 season, I just felt like I had a sense of how it was going to go each competition that I showed up to. Yeah, I just was on such a such a, a, a role. And in mentally, like I focused a lot more on what was going on upstairs and really worked on how to control all the feelings and everything like that. And I think that's that was the main contributing factor was just riding that wave of confidence, trusting myself and, uh, yeah, leaning a lot more on, on the people around me and uh, taking in all the support and advice. And, yeah, that was really, really cool. Yeah, I think cool is probably an understatement. <laughs> it's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> you you kind of don't realise that it was actually possible until I got to that last event. It's um something that every athlete kind of dreams of and not something that, that I thought I, I saw coming, to be honest. It's such a niche sport. Therefore, imagine, you know, it's a pretty small cohort of people who do it alongside you. How have you built your relationships with your fellow competitors? Is it is it quite tight on the on the series, like because it's people who can kind of relate to what you're going through? Yeah, I mean it's we're all like minded people and it is, it's a small community, the high diving world. We're all traveling the world together. We all like can relate to the crazy things that we're doing, I guess. 
But at the end of the day, it's also a competition. So you're friends, but once you step on the platform, it's like game on. Of course, any sport comes hand in hand with injuries. And a sport like cliff diving, well, the risks there are even greater. For Rhiannon, it was competing in Bosnia in 2017 where she suffered a decent setback. It was a training dive, one of my most simple dives, my easiest dives, and something just switched in my mind when I was midair and I went kind of blank um, and I hit the water and both of my knees just got pulled out from the, the river because the water's moving in the river. It makes the impact that little bit harder um, and you, you really need to be a little bit more switched on um, with more tension going through the water. And it pulled my knees straight out to the side and I had two, uh, two MCL strains. So thankfully it wasn't that bad, but um, two legs at the same time is, is never, a, never a pleasant thing. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think it, was a, it was a tough moment because I could have won the World Series then and there at that event if it had have gone well for me. So yeah. How did you regroup after that? Look, that was that was tough, and that's that's another another lesson that that I definitely learned because I had five weeks till the series final that we finished in Chile, and I just had to be on the top of the podium to take out that event. So mentally, I had to be really strong because I had had no training; it was just recovery, um, just rehabilitation, trying to get into a into a good enough shape to to pull off that event. Yeah, I think it, it just took it took a, a lot of time and a lot of focus on what was going on upstairs to, to overcome it. But you know what? Like injuries are, are inevitable in, in any sport and overcoming that just makes you a stronger athlete. You've gone from strength to strength in your cliff diving. What do you think is the biggest change you've seen in yourself during your professional life so far? <laughs> um, I, I definitely want to say self-confidence. I've really learned how to switch on and off, I guess. That sounds like really, that sounds really strange, but I found that I have this switch in my mind that if I need to do something, even in general life, if I switch it on, then I do it. And if I'm not, then I'm, I'm quite blasé and quite chill and relaxed. So yeah, just feeling like a more confident version of myself and, you know, I guess learning how to deal with all the fear and all the emotions and everything that's... Um, that's involved in the sport has has helped me shape me as a person. Overall, what's your greatest challenge as a professional athlete? My greatest challenge? I think it's like jumping off that platform every single time. <laughs> no, in the beginning, um, I know I've said that, that I love facing those fears, but uh, in the off-season we take a really long break, so like three, four even up to five months without going up to those heights and only training on 10 meter. So I think the greatest challenge is relearning everything at the beginning of the season. It's a really difficult thing. We've talked about how, you know, it's a scary sport. I think that's pretty clear by now and that you are not immune to that fear or uh, particularly fear of, of getting it wrong. But how do you use fear and adrenaline to your advantage? <laughs> That's a difficult question to answer. It is what keeps me safe. I'm always focusing a lot on my breathing and just making sure that I'm present in the moment, you know, making sure that all of my senses are kind of, are kind of activated through those breaths and uh, through all those fears. It's, 
it's actually, if you can embrace it, it's actually a really nice feeling and uh, you get to enjoy it. So I'm sure there's a lot of people who hear about the fear that you face every time you dive and probably wonder why do you do it and why is cliff diving this love and the the thing that you love to do um you know the travel the adventure the locations we visit the people i'm surrounded by it's it's just everything it's a real combination you know in mixing my passion for the sport of diving and, and my passion for adventure is uh Yes, the perfect combination. And what would you say to a young woman who might look up to you or might want to get into the sport? Start with the basics, work on your basics, work on your fundamentals, get everything correct. Most of all, keep enjoying it, have fun with what you're doing, have fun with the training and uh, yeah, keep chipping away because no dream is, is too big. I've learned that from myself going through my career. Trust the people around you, let them help you, and yeah, enjoy the ride. From a tiny human jumping on a trampoline to an extreme sports sensation on the world stage, with a bit of hard work, the right mindset, and a nudge from dad, Rhiannon has proven that when it comes to achieving her dreams, the sky's the limit. I'm Marley Silver your host. And this is Beyond the Ordinary, a Red Bull podcast. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can discover more about Game Changers at redbull.com forward slash Game Changers.